0: Hey Dan. E- yes, Jessica? You want to do a podcast? Uh, okay. It, did, did you want to do a podcast with me because I'm so good with talking? Darn right. The dance in my khaki pants. There's nothing better. Oh, oh, oh. Girls ask the guys. It's always a surprise. There's nothing better. Baby, too, like
1: my sweaters. Hello, everyone, and welcome
0: to Sadie's Hawks. <laughs> there you go. Welcome to Sadie's Sadie's Hawkins dance pod
1: dance. Let's try that again. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sadie Hawkins pod. <laughs> Hope this isn't your first episode because you're like, oh, this is my favorite Reliant K song. I'll tune in for this one.
0: <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Sadie's Hawkins pod. Indeed. <laughs> I wanted to call our listeners Hawks maybe we should call them the Sadies. Wow. Hey, we're the Sadies. <laughs> it makes you're like, like the Pink Ladies or something. Oh. Like you're like a greaser gang. But yeah,
1: like the Jets and the <laughs> sh- Sharks. The That's Jets and the
0: Sharks. Minute. Okay. <laughs> hey, when you're a Sadie, you're a Sadie all the way. <laughs> so welcome. This is a special... Welcome to the end of the year, first of all. Happy New Year to everyone.
1: Happy New Year! When
0: is this coming out? <laughs> this is fall? Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so this will come out like around three days. I mean, it, whatever. It'll come out a couple days before the end of the year. But yeah, this is it. We're this is this is it. This is the final episode <laughs> of Santiago. No, it's not. We still have about a you know we have about a year's worth. We have about like 30, 25 songs left in the. Uh, in the old sack, in the Sadie Hawkins oh, sack. What? Oh,
1: okay. That's what
0: I call our, our. I thought you were
1: throwing it back to Santa <laughs> or something, perhaps.
0: That's what I call our uh, song list. I call it the Sadie Hawkins sack.
1: There's all gonna right. b-
0: lots of brand synergy this week because yes, we're doing it. We're doing Sadie Hawkins dance, the uh, the biggest Ryan K song of all time, classic music video to their <laughs> number one radio <laughs> single, Sadie Hawkins dance. <laughs> No, yeah, we're doing it because um, there's like it's just there's a bunch of reasons why I was like, we just got to do Sadie Hawkins dance, and I was like, it kind of makes sense. It's not like a great number. This is episode one seventy one. <laughs> like that's not cool. As you know, you usually want to do big songs on cool numbers, but no, I just I just thought like we should close out twenty twenty two and ring in the new year. With, like, the big song. And we're doing it now for the same reason why we did Be My Escape and Who I Am Hates Who I've Been when we were halfway through the podcast. Because, you know, we'd finished half our list. And I thought when we do a song, it kind of opens up. It continues to. One thing I didn't expect when we started doing this podcast was how every song kind of unwraps a little mystery, a little idea about sort of the songwriting process and sort of the ongoing narrative that is Reliant K. And when I say the narrative that is Reliant K, I mean both Matt Thiessen's life and what he chooses to express through his music, but also like the canon of Reliant K music. We kind of get another, we learn a little bit more about Reliant K every week. And I don't know how much we'll learn about Reliant K from this song, which is kind of like a light breezy song that's not necessarily based on a true story. I mean, I don't know what you might have from your research, but it's like, this is a big song and I don't want to save this for the end of the podcast. I want to find what we find with Sadie Hawkins dance and do that now while we still have at least half a year's worth of material to do on the podcast. I know like other song by song podcasts and I'm not chiding them. Like it works to do like the number one big song or like the pinnacle Most famous song for the band at the end of the podcast, but I just didn't think that made sense to save Sadie Hawkins dance all the way for the end. Now, start a counter. How many times will I say Sadie Hawkins pod when I mean Sadie Hawkins dance? Yeah. And how many times as my brain starts to try to adjust, will we say Sadie Hawkins dance when we mean Sadie Hawkins pod?
1: I guess we'll just uh, have to jump in and find out. Yeah, I don't think that, I, I do actually have song facts this week, which does not happen very often on this podcast, but this feels like completely fictional because I feel like we've heard Tyson was very popular in high school, so he could probably sit wherever he wanted and ask whomever he pleased to the dance, or I mean, get asked by whomever <laughs> to the dance. <laughs> Well, we I don't also have... have a little more info on Sadie Hawkins' dances in general.
0: Right, yes. I'm very excited to learn about that. That's the number one reason why I was like... It's weird. We need... To... It's weird? It's weird. Okay. It's
1: weird. I'm just going to throw it out there already.
0: But that's the number one reason. <laughs> I'm like, we can't do another year. and ha- We can't do another half year of this podcast without knowing where do Sadie Hawkins' dances come from. So we don't Not have like any we couldn't just Google that information at any point in
1: time, but you know... <laughs>
0: We don't have any voicemails this week. Uh, no top of the show business I can think of. Was there any corrections you wanted to give for Merry oh, Christmas? No. Here's to many oh, more.
1: Oh, no. Are, were there? Did any come in that I'm unaware of? No, I don't think oh, so. Okay. I'm just asking. I Not that I recall. Okay.
0: <laughs> well, then I guess there's no time like the present. Let's get into it. Let's do Sadie it. Sadie Hawkinsans. It seems so... Is not auspicious, the word? It just seems like so uh, April... This is the Sadie Hawkins dance episode. You can't can't be whining for a treat. Yeah. You don't deserve a treat just because we're podcasting.
1: (laughs) You have not done your job as an engineer in so long. I can't even remember the last time you put the headphones on. You're not getting a treat.
0: You're not. You're not. (laughs) Why, April? Why?
1: Um, So this is the first track on the fan curated vinyl. Obviously a huge hit. It's like people, when you say Reliant K, and if they know who they are, they either know Be My Escape or Sadie Hawkins Dance. Those are the two gateway songs to the band, it seems. Right. Uh, I I suppose for some it could be Who I Am Hates Who I've Been, but I've never heard that one. It's always like Be My Escape or Sadie Hawkins Dance. And it's funny,
0: I wonder uh, who has learned about... Sadie Hawkins' dance that didn't necessarily become a Reliant K fan simply because of their cultural Christian background. You know Hmm. what I mean? Like, Sadie Hawkins' dance is not a Christian song. It's a secular song in the way you quantify these, like, Christian market things. And it contains no theology. It's not about God. It's just a song. Reliant K writes songs. Some of them are about their faith and some of them are not. This one is not. And I'm just wondering, this song has a lot of like crossover fun appeal. And I know it was like used in Smallville, <laughs> which yep. we found the scene. It's so tossed off and you can barely hear it if you're not listening. <laughs> we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it when we get to that section of the episode. But I'm just wondering, like, probably maybe it was on comps or stuff. Like, I don't know of this having radio play. is it like just
1: everyone who was in youth group had a youth pastor who happened to play it on a youth group trip at some point that's what i i think the answer is because that's how i was introduced to reliant k
0: and then maybe it's like christian fans who have friends who aren't culture like culturally pop christian like they are allowed to listen to other music and stuff and it's like oh i have a band you like they're called reliant k and it's like Well, these songs are, like, overly religious, but Sadie Hawkins' Dance, that song's fun. (laughs) And it's not even like I'm pointing out that, like, there's lots of fun Relying K songs that have crossover appeal. It's just funny that this song, which did not have a single, I was joking about it before, but did not have a music video, just kind of became a live staple and became something that people, that is synonymous for the band's identity. It's one of their biggest songs, but it's not like quantifiably big in terms of radio play or single sales. I'm sure in the digital world of like buying individual tracks off of iTunes, maybe this one sort of charts in that sense. But in mm-hmm. the classic sense of a single, like this wasn't a single. And yet it's so synonymous with the band. and it's just funny. And I wonder I feels like a real grassroots way in which it got there. It's like maybe different I'm good from comps and stuff. But, you know, clearly this song is on their second album, and it's just the most fun, appealing, light, breezy, easy-to-listen-to song.
1: It's the first track on the fan-curated vinyl, and Dan, you should be wearing your I-Voted-For-Sadie-Hawkins dance shirt. In honor of this episode. Right, I
0: forgot about that. It was
1: one of the three songs that they came up with, which I'm guessing were the top three voted for, where you could get your shirt for if you pre-ordered the fan curated vinyl that said I voted for Sadie Hawkins dance, I voted for mood rings, or I voted for high of 75.
0: Right. No, those shirts were pre-designed. Oh, okay. Those shirts you had to order ahead of time before the voting had even closed if you wanted to pre-order the shirts. So just gotcha. in case anyone doesn't remember what we're talking about, but you know, Relying K had the fan curated vinyl, kind of a greatest hits thing. And it was only ever pressed the vinyl. When they announced it, they released the voting for vote on the songs that are going to be on this. And yeah, if you did the pre-order and one of the deluxe packages, you had to pick which of those three shirts that you got. It's funny that Mood Rings was one of the shirts because I feel like now just like two years later that would not be one of the shirts like the the tide against Mood Rings has definitely (laughs) changed like they didn't even really play it Um, I know they didn't play it on the Um Amya tour I don't know if they played it maybe one night but I don't think they played it at all on the Um Amya tour so it's funny that that still was one of the shirts and then not like be my escape or who I am hates who I've been, which were their biggest radio hits, which were, you know, quantifiably bigger hits, but high of 75 also is like a fan favorite, but like that also didn't have a music video. And that also,
1: (laughs) it's a great song.
0: It is a great song. I'm just saying like, it's funny how this band has songs that are that that's good. Like when you're a band of kind of like a middle, large, Band base, and you can have songs that are considered hits and live staples and, you know, synonymous with your band, but they didn't get there just from being hits. Like, I feel like that keeps you out of one hit wonder territory, or at least like the the classical sense of one hit wonder. I don't know if Reliant K can be co- labeled as a one hit wonder because I don't know the, the, the mild success for them of who I am and be my escape. If those count large enough to be considered one hit wonder or two hit wonder. I don't think so. I definitely don't think that they would be in that group. But if you're like a one hit wonder and you have songs that are like somehow bigger than the songs that you had on the radio, like that's a very good thing that shows you have a devoted fan base, like real big fish, their biggest song is beer. But, like, to the wider world, their biggest song is Sellout. But Beer is a way bigger song, and it was not a single. But it's, like, even people who are only casual uh, Real Big Fish fans think Beer is their biggest song, even though it did not have a single or a music video or any of that. That's the only other, from a band that I can think of, I guess, like, uh, I guess, like, MXPX, like, Every band, every song they're synonymous with was a single, even though they have tons of songs that are like crowd pleasers. Responsibility, punk rock show, songs like that actually were singles, and that's their biggest songs. Let's Ride being a more recent one. She's not barking at us for a treat now. She's barking at something <laughs> outside, which I can I can take. I can allow that to happen.
1: I'm wondering, is this the most versions we have of any Reliant K song that isn't a demo or a live because we have the regular the gold and the 10th anniversary which isn't actually the 10th anniversary and honestly the 10th anniversary doesn't exist let's let's just not speak of it <laughs> well
0: we'll speak of that in its own section <laughs> but yeah i guess so like uh hmm yeah Did they
1: do a re-record of of any other songs around that same
0: time i don't think so If we, if there's a song that's on the demo and it gets re-recorded on the first two albums that's two versions. But then you get this third version. So <laughs>
1: Yeah, it doesn't it has a gold version and then this is just like an actual there's a regular a gold and the tenth anniversary, so it's not a demo.
0: So a song like I am lying o technically has the demo version, the anatomy version, and then the gold anatomy Which version. Which I that's would count three. the demo
1: as the demo version though.
0: Right, I know, but that's three versions right there. So with right. this so with Sadie Hawkins Dance, you get these three. So I guess but you're right. Like in, in it going forward, not going backwards to the demo. Yeah, I think this is the only song that like they ever re-recorded later. I'm pretty sure. Now you got me thinking. I could have <laughs> researched this beforehand. It's your, no, it's your job to research. I thought this was on the live album, but it's not. And we yeah. double checked. We double checked. It yeah. was like this is on the live album, right? Nope. Mood rings is. <laughs> <laughs> Again, if they put the live album out now, I feel like mood rings would not be on it. Although, of course, the live album is the two live vinyl EPs put together into one streaming live album. So, you know, they already planned Mood Rings to be on this in 2018 or something when those live albums came out on vinyl first.
1: Maybe this was an encore song that they don't include in the live, maybe?
0: Maybe. I know when we saw the Amiya tour, did they do an encore? They didn't do an encore. I think they did. Did they do an encore? But this was
1: just part of the regular lineup.
0: They did do an encore, but this was part of the regular lineup right in the middle. Mm-hmm. It's the only song that we recorded in full at the Boston show that got a lot of likes. I don't think we put it on our YouTube channel. We no, should do that. we gotta throw it
1: up there. Yeah. I could never suss out the line, Think I Got a Tan from the Light, Which I Was Baskin'. I could never figure out what that line was. I was like, "Think I got a date from the language I was blasted?" <laughs> like, what? I don't know what this line is.
0: I think I did figure. I figured that one out. I, I don't know when I did. Oh, look
1: at you. Oh, I figured that one out.
0: <laughs> I don't know when I did or if I figured it out right away. This is a song that, for whatever reason, like I, every lyric that I thought I sussed out, I did suss out correctly. I don't know if I ever sat down and read the lyrics. Uh, at any point, but yeah. Oh, you know, one, one that I did have a problem with was, and it's the most, it's really a simple one. And I figured he was saying it, found a good spot by the cheerleaders eating. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, like when I first would hear that lyric, it didn't work for me. Found a good spot by the cheerleaders eating. It sounds perfectly fine. I'm saying it out loud now. It's no problem. But for some reason, when I first heard that line, something fell off didn't feel appropriate. It didn't feel right. Found a good, you know, because there's only so much you can do with rhyming meeting and eating. <laughs> Quarterbacks asked I me mean, if I had, like a beating. <laughs> like, you really lock yourself uh-huh. into a box there. Uh huh. So, yeah, ch- cheerleaders eating. Cool. It's just for some reason, I like didn't believe, like, is there another word he's saying there? No, he's saying eating. I don't know. I, I just didn't like the idea of like, it, it works. They're in the lunchroom. I'm just saying, for some reason, that's the only one I actually looked up like, he is saying eating, right? I'm like, yeah. It's just a me thing. It was just a me thing for right. no good reason.
1: Yeah, I totally get it. Yeah. Uh, there are no misunderstood lyrics from com. Okay. However, there is a parody coming up a little oh, later. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, so let's go into a little bit of what a Sadie Hawkins dance is, thanks to Wikipedia. In the United States and Canada, a Sadie Hawkins dance, or Turnabout, is oh is it
0: usually at the turnabout you have
1: <laughs> is it usually yeah sadie hawkins dance works a little bit better is usually an informal dance sponsored by a high school middle school or college to which the women invite the men this is contrary to the custom of the men typically inviting the women to school dances such as prom as and it should string, be homecoming in the fall so the history the Sadie Hawkins dance is named after the lil Abner comic strip character Sadie Hawkins I
0: have heard created
1: of that. by cartoonist Al Capp. In the strip, Sadie Hawkins Day fell on a given day in November. Cap never specified an exact date. The unmarried women of Dogpatch got to chase the bachelors and marry up with the ones that they caught. The event was introduced in a daily strip that ran on November 15, 1937. In 1939, Sadie Hawkins events were held at over 200 colleges, according to Life magazine.
0: That's so strange. You think that when you hear about a Sadie Hawkins dance, you think it's some old timey thing that must be like the legend, you know, there was a girl named Sadie Hawkins who... Was, old, was like, no one ever liked her, and uh, you know, just like an old folk's tale, but you could imagine it being something like that. Old folk tale about, yeah. there's a girl named Sadie Hawkins in an old town, and no one ever liked her, and she got up in front of the town and said, I'm holding my own dance, because none of the boys asked me to the dance, and and all you girls can come, and you're in charge, or all the girls are, like, I'm just making up what the kind of story you expect it to be. Right. No, it's from pop culture. It's from a yeah, comic strip. It's from a
1: comic strip. It's it's like Yeah, in further in my deep dive, it says that uh, Sadie Hawkins' father is the like mayor or something of Dog Patch, the town from the comic, and that his daughter was so unattractive that she he thought she would he would be saddled with her forever. And therefore, held this dance in her (laughs) honor so that she could pick a man and (laughs) he would get her out of the house, basically.
0: That's so crazy. I I, I would like to see those comics. I'll try to find them online. I know, like, when I've tried to Google our own podcast looking for stuff and I type in Sadie Hawkins pod, if you don't get Reliant K stuff, if you get general Sadie Hawkins stuff, I see drawings of Sadie Hawkins and she's, like, a cartoonishly Mm ugly-looking teen girl with, like... Big teeth and freckles, and you know, done you know, hair done in a pony t- in yeah. pigtails. But it's just funny that it stems from a piece of pop culture, and that culturally, the Sadie Hawkins dance has so vastly outlived the concept of the dance itself, has so vastly outlived the original comic strip. Like, nobody today. Knows about or cares about what's it called? Little Abner?
1: Yeah, here we go. So in Little Abner, Sadie Hawkins was the daughter of Hexabiah Hawkins, one of Dog Patch's earliest settlers and the homeliest gal in all them hills. She grew frantic waiting for suitors (laughs) until she reached age 35. And was still a spinster, and her father was worried about her living at home for the rest of her life. In desperation, he called together all the unmarried men of Dogpatch and declared at Sadie Hawkins Day a foot race was decreed, with Sadie pursuing the town's eligible bachelors. If Sadie caught a bachelor, he would be forced to marry her. She was specifically interested in a handsome boy named Adam, who was already in a courtship with Teresa, whose father was the area's largest potato farmer. Unlike Sadie, (laughs) Teresa had a number of courtship offers. As the event became a tradition in the comic strip, Cap added more story elements. Each year, the Sadie Hawkins storyline begins with A Prophecy by Old Man Mose, who gives Lil Abner a cryptic clue about the end of the storyline, which always comes true in a roundabout surprising way. The storyline sometimes also (laughs) includes the Sadie Hawkins dance event, which is held on the previous evening when the young women wear hobnailed boots and stomp on their partner's feet to make The Bachelors run slower during the event.
0: Wow! So... Comparatively, this is like if May the 4th be with you outlived the relevance of Star Wars. You know what I mean? Like, if if 80 years from and this is impossible as far as pop culture goes, but 80 years from now, people are still celebrating may the fourth be with you but have no idea what star wars is like nobody culturally cares about star wars but there's st- like it's so funny that it, it stems from this comic and i wonder if this history is kind of lost or if there's like a documentary about little abner or a documentary about the history of the sadie hawkins dance it's like Did the creator of Little Abner know he was going to create this this cultural zeitgeist that would outlive the? Not that he would sure not. He he definitely didn't know it would outlive the comic. But did he think that when he created Sadie when he wrote Sadie Hawkins Dance in the first comic that had a Sadie Hawkins Dance, it was just a tossed off funny joke or a little storyline to do, and no idea that it would cause a a trend a um trend. (laughs) What's the other word for trend? fad fad. and that it would cause a fad in popular culture for people to actually hold their own sadie hawkins dances did he ever think that and then i'm sure as soon as that happened he must have been like playing it up he's like oh the whole world loves this sadie hawkins dance thing so we're gonna keep relishing on this sadie hawkins dance thing in the comic like that's what i'm wondering now because especially when you look When I've looked at Sadie Hawkins dance stuff online, like images, like, you know, you see characters from Archie, and you see all kinds of famous, like, comic book characters, but not Little Abner. Archie comics are still known. If you saw a Sadie Hawkins dance storyline in an Archie comic, you'd be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. But you would not necessarily know that it started with a different comic book.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, try- I'm doing a little bit of research into Lil Abner right now. The Strip's popularity grew from an original eight papers to eventually more than 900. At its peak, Lil Abner was estimated to have been read daily in the United States by 60 to 70 million people. The U.S. population at the time was only 180 million, with adult readers far outnumbering children. Many communities, high schools, and colleges staged Sadie Hawkins' dances patterned after the similar event in the Strip.
0: So since so the Sadie Hawkins dance, I, I, it starts around the, 19, the late 1930s because of the popularity of this comic, and it stems from this popular pop culture thing, and people just start doing it. When you think of the Sadie Hawkins dance, it brings to mind things like the 1950s, like soda, soda hops and, you know, uh, American graffiti... And like quaint little stuff like that. And that's definitely the twee, sweet, wholesome nature that Reliant K is going for when they write their own song about a Sadie Hawkins dance. Like, that's the other reason why this is probably such a hit. Because it not being one of their Christian songs, it being a secular song, it still has this wholesomeness without being... I mean, I'm sure this depends on your point of view. But it doesn't come off as absolutely syrupy, sweet, fake wholesomeness. You know what I mean? Like, you can try to write a wholesome song about some innocent kids going to a dance together. And nine times out of ten, I would think an attempt to write a song like that will come off as, like, way heavy-handed. And, like, clearly you're trying to make a clean song. I don't know. I just feel like if you're like, here's a song about some nice, wholesome kids going to a dance Ugh. Okay, no thank you. But the way that, you know, this song is written, and I wonder what the impetus for Matt Thiessen to write this song is, to have it end up as such a wholesome song. And that's probably the only part that really, to me, is influenced by, like, their Christianity. <laughs> because, you know, as a band in the Christian market, they're expected to have clean music so he but Matt Tyson is doesn't just write about his faith like that's a core theme but when he's writing about the Thundercats that's not inspired by his faith when he's writing about mood rings he's thinking about how he wants to get with girls and their emotions are in the way and uh, a problem like that's not theologically based uh, when he's writing, well, I was gonna say Charles in charge, but no, they mentioned Jesus. They kind of ham-fisted Jesus reference in there almost as a joke. But so I think the the only part that maybe is not informed by, but in slightly influenced in this song by their Christianity is just the fact that it's clean. You write a song about going to a dance, and it's not about sex, and it's not about making out with the girls or something it's just like want to, i want to go to the dance and i'm looking for someone to take me or i'm looking for someone to take that's all there is to it but then christians who are like what's a dance what's a sadie hawkins dance you don't go to a dance there's no dances at our home school <laughs> your sister's not going to ask you to the sadie hawkins dance <laughs> And- hey,
1: hey, hey, now, if you're part of like a homeschool co-op or collective, sometimes you group up with other small private schools and such to have a prom. That's because I went to a very small private school. And that's what we did. We teamed up with some other like, like some homeschool like co-ops and, and groups, some homeschool groups where all the kids wanted a prom. And so I had a junior prom.
0: Right. If But if again, if it's like non-denominational and not strictly controlled by very right. religious parents yeah.
1: oh yeah it was all like non-denominational
0: and i i have had those uh testy tweets where i'm like you know uh just getting rambunctious and tweeting stuff oh, about danny. you know like uh people are too strict christian or
1: we all know about your spicy twitter takes danny and well i had that one where i was
0: like I was like, I'm surprised that Christian parents even allowed you all to listen to Reliant K considering how many songs they have about dating. And sure I got so a DM. Didn't. I, yeah. They didn't. And I got a DM from someone saying, yeah, for sure. My parents took my Reliant K CDs, wow. burnt new copies to remove all songs that reference dating. So this must have been one of those songs, along with probably Charles in Charge, because he's having a pizza party with a Baywatch babe. And <laughs> probably Mood Rings, because it's about wanting to go out with girls, but not knowing how to talk to them, because they're too emotional. And uh, there's all kinds of and. College kids, definitely. She's got another boyfriend. That's very, very uh, spicy. There. That's not. That doesn't. That doesn't seem terribly Christian, right there.
1: Right, cheating. Well, <laughs> uh, much like Charles Infidelity. in Charge, it turns out that this song is inadvertently attached to a bad man. So we'll just move on from history section for now.
0: What Sadie Hawkins
1: dance? <laughs> y- yes. Oh,
0: the guy who were a little Abner. Y- yes.
1: Oh no. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, maybe that's a good thing then. Okay, but oh, was the was the direct, was the writer of Little Abner one of the first people to be affected by cancel culture? Rightly did a, whatever he did. We don't need to hear about it. But it was like, did people just kind of stop reading Little Abner because that happened? Like, did it fall out of the cultural, you know, uh, sphere because of whatever? I
1: don't know, and I don't believe so.
0: Okay. Well, either way, the Sadie Hawkins dance has continued to. Be a part of our, you and know, and no one kno- and
1: no one any longer knows what its origins are because exactly. we are like, Wait, this comes from our comic strip? So. Exactly. <laughs> and I certainly know that Gen Z doesn't know. And do you know how I know that? Because twice in relation to this song in TikTok this week, it was referenced as a 90s song. Inaccurate. Do better, Gen Z. <laughs> Just because this song came out before you were born does not mean that it is from the nineties. Rolanke is
0: literally not even a nineties band. I mean, they formed. Unless you d-
1: want to count the demo. The
0: demo. It's the well. It's the same joke that I make about uh, Green Day being an eighties band. Because they formed in like 86 or right. something, but their first album is like 1990 or 1991. Like, I'm just joking. But people are actually like, oh yeah, Reliant K, my favorite 90s band. They're not a 90s band. So I just think it's really sweet that this was a song that Matthewson decided to kind of write just for like a fun little pop, 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 pop punk, pop rock jam about sort of the innocence of high school. Because, I mean, he went to a public, I believe he went to a public high school. Um, that's, you know, every time we talk to that, my, that friend on uh, Facebook, Walter, who went to school with Matt Thiessen, I'm pretty sure that it was like a public high school. Maybe it was, I'd have to double check. I Maybe mean, it could have had some affiliations in the community and stuff, but
1: Um, No, I believe it was. I think it was just Matt Hoops who ended up going to a, uh, like, a Catholic school or something. Right.
0: The same school as another bad man, Marilyn Manson. Correct. Right. So Matt Thiessen went to a public high school, from what I believe. So many
1: Reliant K songs attached to bad men. Inadvertently.
0: (laughs) Oh, you're right. Marilyn Manson, (laughs) Child's in Charge, and not Sidney Hawkins Dance. Oh, no. It's getting to be that Mood Rings is the cleanest, (laughs) most Uh most appropriate song. Let's look up
1: the inventor of Mood Rings. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) so it's just like a nice invented by thomas allen mood just kidding (laughs)
0: um so we've talked about the history of city hawkins dances i just want to talk about what we think i was getting at this but what do you think like what do you think about the idea of relying k writing a song like this like it's
1: it's it's cute it's fun i love it yeah it's it's a great song it's so catchy it's fun It's clean. It's wholesome. It's just
0: about life in high school. Yeah. It's just And there's a lot of pop punk and pop rock songs about that. Most other bands, there'd be like, if not overtly, at least some subtext about the girl that you like. And she won't sleep with you or she won't give you the time of day. And she's a monster for that. But that's not a thing in this. This is just a cute little song. About going to high school and kind of making your way, being a little prankster, a little jokester, a little uh, like a little uh, like a little Buster Bunny, like a little like a cool '90s dude, like a Sonic the Hedgehog, (laughs) like a cool dude with attitude. That classic. Well, maybe that's why they think this is a '90s song. Those Gen X, those uh, the Gen Zers, is because it's got such cool '90s dude attitude. You know what I mean? Like the narrator of the song. Essentially, Matt Thiessen, but let's just look at it like a fictional character. He's got this, like, cool 90s dude vibe. He's got, like, villain Ted, but not, not like, dumb like them. And just, like, kind of coasting through life, just doing the bare minimum. This Bart <laughs> Simpson thing. There's so many 90s characters you can name. Yeah, yeah for And sure. they're always, like, the cool dude, Zach Morris. Mm-hmm. This brings to mind a Zach Morris. For Someone sure. who's always in control in a way, but, you know, still will have you know things to rub up against still gets in a fight with the jock or has to pass the test but is for the most part and this is an 80s one like ferris bueller like so many characters and maybe that's why this song really took off because this is almost like an 80s or a 90s High school movie about that kind of cool. It's a little slice of life. It's a little slice of life song, and you could almost make a movie out of this song. Like this song, kind of probably the song paints such a vivid picture for everyone who listens that they can kind of imagine this is like an eighties or a nineties, you know, teen John Hughes style thing. Sure. And that's the thing about a John Hughes movie is it also kind of strikes that that same balance of being sort of wholesome and uh but also acknowledging you know the realities of life as a teenager and like not being sanitized the way that like christian media might and i think of relying k in that same sense when they have these secular songs it's like yeah this is what it's like to be a high schooler. And it's like not every moment is turning down drugs and uh, your boyfriend constantly trying to have sex with you or something. Like that's not like every day of every person's life outside of Christianity. Like people have regular everyday. It's like not not every moment of life outside of a Christian school is R-rated. So it's like you can have this kind of like Jovial bouncing around the school song, and it can be PG, and that's natural and it's fun, and it just paints this lovely John Hughes style picture. It's like sometimes I forget that uh, Breakfast Club is rated R, but it's really just for the language, like, there's nothing R rated that happens in it, except like he doesn't hold back when the language kind of requires to be a little bit more honest, and they smoke the weed oh that's right yeah but they well another bad man how <laughs> so many bad men we bring it up oh, no. whenever i think about inappropriate ratings of movies i think about when i watched annie hall and they do cocaine in that movie and i was like this movie's rated pg what? <laughs> but that's when i learned about the history Of the PG-13 rating and how it got invented in the 80s. So sometimes in a pre-80s PG movie, there might be stuff that you would never see in a PG movie now.
1: You want to go over the lyrics now? Sure.
0: I mean, we've been doing a little bit here and there, but let's do the whole set of lyrics.
1: So I'm going to go over to Genius because there are a couple of annotations. (laughs) I did see these. One of them is Baby, Do You Like My Sweater? And this is something that's going to come up in Uh song meetings and Uh uh, another lyric. It sounds like whatever
0: it is, you're totally cool with it.
1: No, it's just, no one seems to understand this lyric. People people don't understand the baby, do you like my sweater? He's wearing a sweater to the dance with his khaki pants. That's the answer.
0: That's exactly what it is. And there's no other explanation of it than that. But people are reading something else
1: what the do you like my sweater means oh wow okay so i really hope anyone who had a question about that before is listening because <laughs> i'm pretty sure the answer is just he's like do you like the sweater that i'm wearing with my khaki pants and the two lyrics that are here to be that are here annotated are in my khaki pants and baby do you like my sweater
0: <laughs> here's the head here's the the lead annotation. This song is a tale of one man's anticipation of the Sadie Hawkins dance and the events that lead up to him being asked to the dance by a girl so stunning. Sadie Hawkins dances are traditional events held at American high schools and colleges where in a reversal of traditional western gender roles that is true this is a this is like a a good a good uh spin on accepted traditional gender roles. This is a gender politics song, if nothing else. Uh, The girls ask the guys to be their dates. These were inspired by Al Cap's Little Abner comic strip. So.
1: So both highlight lyrics here have the same answer, which is unlike most high school dances, which generally have a formal dress code, Necessitating prom dresses and tuxedo rentals, Sadie Hawkins' dances are usually semi-formal. A guy could easily get away with wearing khakis and a sweater. Right. Like and I feel like we've business seen... Business casual. Yeah, I feel like we've seen <laughs> enough like like Sadie Hawkins' dances, sock hops, uh, winter formals, which sometimes t- apparently take the place of a Sadie Hawkins' dance. I feel like we've seen enough of those in media mm-hmm. to know, like, oh, okay, those seem to be less formal dances, even if you've never attended one. Right. So you kind of get the idea, oh, okay, those are, like, less formal. Those are just, like, you know, sort of fun in between sort of school dances.
0: Right. I don't know if it was on this podcast, but at some point we had to look up what a homecoming was.
1: Yes, it was on the podcast. <laughs> we were like, what does this mean? I always <laughs> thought it was,
0: like, the away team. Your, your, your football team goes away for an away right. game, and then they come home. And I was like, that doesn't make sense, because it's not like you go far when it's, like, divisional high school football and it turns out no it's just once a year we bring all the 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 old guard we bring back yeah. all the uh what do you what's the, the alumni the alumni to come back and that's the homecoming i'm like oh okay yeah that there's the, way more the
1: alumni game which is the homecoming game and then there's a dance right. around it, it yeah. seems kind of strange but you know like hey we got all the old folks here now let's go kick it up i don't know
0: i i, I <laughs> Most of the podcasts I listen to now are movie podcasts. I mean, you know, movie and music podcasts. And whenever it's like someone who's not American talking about Spider-Man, they're always like, what is a homecoming, by the way?
1: (laughs) Uh, So verse one, all the girls in the bathroom talking... Who are they gonna to take to the Sadie Hawkins? My ears are burning, but I kept on walking, smile on my face, and air guitar rocking. So
0: what's he doing? He's got his ears against the girl's door. Was he trying to listen to someone being? <laughs> 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 this isn't as wholesome a song as I thought. That's disgusting.
1: <laughs> you know, girls talk kind of loud in the bathroom sometimes. He's just walking by. He's like, yeah, oh, the sinks oh, what do I are by her? the door. I'm just yeah. around. Chorus: The Sadie Hawkins dance in my or, khaki pants.
0: Or they're uh, non-gendered bathrooms. There you go. Very, very forward-thinking, non-gendered bathrooms.
1: Heck yeah. The Sadie Hawkins dance and my khaki pants. There's nothing better. Oh, oh, oh. The girls ask the guys. It's always a surprise. There's nothing better. Baby, do you like my sweater?
0: I wonder how much this song has helped to remind people culturally of what a Sadie Hawkins dance is. Because I was familiar with the concept of a Sadie Hawkins dance. I had never been to one. Right. I don't think I ever... Did any? I don't think there were any of my schools had dances. I went to public school from like kindergarten to eighth grade, and then I went to a couple different private schools throughout uh, the four years of high school. We've talked about that before. Go to our failure checks communicate episode to hear why <laughs> I went to so many different schools. It wasn't my fault. um oh boy. not really. It wasn't really my fault. Anyway, none of those schools had dances. Like, we had one thing that was kind of like a you dance. You also went to Christian
1: schools. Yeah. Which is a different. Now, I went to small private schools, they but they, they were, were not con- tied to any religious, like, affiliations. Like, so we didn't have, like, religious classes or anything like that. It was, you know, we had all sorts of different religions mixed into mixed into our schools. And in middle school... We did have – we had parties, but we also did have a, a like, middle school graduation dance. They all kind of get muddled together in my head because I had a lot of Jewish friends. And so I went to quite a few bar mitzvahs around that time. And so you would have a dance, like, as part of that. So my friends right. and I would go and it would be like we would have a dance, you know, every few months one year. And so – it's hard to 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 connect when exactly all of these things like happened and what was school based and what wasn't. But I right. know we definitely had a graduation dance. And then when I was in high school, we only had that one prom cuz we found other sc- other homeschool affiliate type deals that were willing to participate. I do know that I had a friend who went to first academy in Orlando <laughs> shout out Orlando mm. and that was like the the big mega church school and they had like a quote-unquote like prom or whatever but they took them to like one of the Disney hotels and <coughs> didn't let them touch they didn't let them actually dance they had to just like sit there and hang out and have a dinner and that's what it was. So
0: <laughs> it's just a dinner. Well, oh, oh, oh.
1: Exactly.
0: The, the Christian schools I went to were not heavily conservative. Like there was a formal at one of the Christian schools I went to. And one of them was a very big Christian school. It was the size of a traditional American high school. You know, hundred I don't know, hundreds and hundreds of kids uh, in a very traditional looking kind of school building that I think they bought from the sit from one of the towns that didn't need that school building anymore. but there were no dances there because I think it was just more trouble than it was worth. but there were all kinds of different denominations in that school. There wasn't really one set political view on dating or whatever. and lots of the kids there was lots of dating at that school, lots of boyfriend and girlfriend matchups, but there weren't any dances at that school. So I just never I just happened to have never experienced any sort of traditional, school dance of any kind really other than like a dinner formal like you were talking about at one of those but uh right because it it still had
1: a religious affiliation (laughs) right so that that could be the difference uh verse two sitting in the back of my next class napping, gotta give a speech then bowed to the clapping told a funny joke got the whole class laughing think i got a tan from the light which i was basking so I think also ears- that makes no sense that line like right. oh i got a tan it's a from
0: gymnastics the, yeah
1: the light which i was basking in of the glory of this great <laughs>
0: speech i just gave it's like a it's almost like he's just cutting through the tree hole he's like just got to get out of this verse <laughs> yeah. like he had a really strong well i feel like it it, it ends up being a strong verse overall but the, yeah if you dissect that last line like that is the most gymnastic lyric in that section of the song so clearly my interpretation
1: of of, think I got a date from the language I was blasting makes about as much sense so
0: (laughs) well because he does get the girl to ask him out because he's good with talking yeah that's funny you know narratively it's not like this is a movie it's not like this is actually a movie it's I wonder if canonically in Matt Thiessen's head the girl saw him at his speech class And was like, ooh, he's good with talking. Go with me to the Sadie Hawkins. Or is the interpretation of the song just more overall his character, the way he's presented himself in school throughout the year? She's been noticing him and noticing that he's funny and is good with talking and all that.
1: Chorus. The Sadie Hawkins dance in my khaki pants. There's nothing better. Oh, oh, oh. Girls, ask the guys. It's always a surprise. There's nothing better. Baby, do you like my sweater? Bridge. Scan the cafeteria for some good seating. I found a good spot by the cheerleaders eating. The quarterback asked me if I'd like a beating. I said, That's one thing I won't be needing. And since I'm rather smart and cunning, I took off down the next hall running, only to get stopped by a girl so stunning. Only to get stopped by a girl so stunning. She said, You're smooth and good with talking. You go with me to the Sadie Hawkins. Sadie Hawkins dancing. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing better. Oh, oh, oh. And you know the outro. Exactly.
0: So the story of the song pretty much ends at he gets the he gets asked out. Yeah. That's the that's the narrative thrust of the song. He's like is someone going to ask me out? He's kind of cool, but he's not the coolest guy. He's like the Zach, Well, not that's not like Zack Morris cuz Zach Morris is like I'm the coolest mfer in this school. But not
1: everybody sees him that way.
0: Right. So it's, like, to kind of be in that, like, middle ground where you're the cool class clown. I guess that's it. Because there's some class clowns that are nerds and there's some class like clowns you. that are cool. <laughs> yes. Well, yes. Exactly. You know, the class clown isn't really an archetype. Exactly. It's a role that the, diff- the different archetypes can take on. It's an right. archetype DLC. When you say, the you know, if we go back to... Uh, the 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 Relying K quote unquote book or the quote unquote Relying K book, complex infrastructure known as I'm pointing over here at the bookshelf. It's not on that bookshelf. Um, the the you know the the complex infrastructure known as the female mind book that's supposedly by Relying K and is not really. That book is just like every chapter is about a different archetype of a girl that you'll see at school, and then there's two archetypes for boys: the the the, the scummy guy and the prince charming. Forget that book <laughs> forget how nonsensical that book is when you really think of like the archetypes in school you know whatever the cheerleader the jock they're in this song the uh, the you know the, the the nice girl the mean girl all these things the class clown is not an archetype because different people in different areas you'll say the class clown and they're all gonna picture a different kind of guy you might picture sort of a cool aloof guy a 90s guy who kind of ha- acts like he's got it all figured out, but sometimes gets in a jam. Other class clowns might be like a nerdy guy who nobody really likes, and he's just kind of like like a Revenge of the Nerds type class clown. Talk about another problematic movie. So many problematic things coming up today. But anyway, I don't know what I was even getting at. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the narrative thrust of this song It ends with, he gets the date, and that's sweet. And that's, like, really just the concern of the song. And it's just a song. You can't expect there to be an absolute first, second, and third act. Once he's got the date, that's all you need to know. The story is complete. And it's nice. And he's always... He's saying, maybe it confused people because they're expecting, like, a a beginning, middle, and end of the story. And if he keeps asking, do you like my sweater throughout the whole song, they're like... Well, why would he be asking, "Do you like my sweater?" before he even has the date? I'm like, well, that's not how poetry and songs work. <laughs> Maybe that partially confused people. Anyway, well, we had still have tons to talk about with this song, and we'll go on our break, but when we get back, we got to talk about the 10th anniversary version. Uh <laughs> We got to talk about <laughs> <laughs> Other things.
1: The deep dives, etc. Dive.
0: I feel like we promised a lot of things to talk about through Oh, we'll get to that. Oh, we'll get to that. And now I've forgotten everything we're going to get to, except for the 10th anniversary version. Oh, the difference between the gold version and the regular version. We'll get to all of those after the break.
1: Thank you so much for listening to Sadie Hawkins Pod. If you want to join the conversation, please contact us with thoughts on this episode. Your corrections... And your Reliant K memories at our voicemail line, 40295 Sadie, or send an email to sadiehawkinspod at gmail.com.
0: You can also visit our socials. Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok are all at Sadie Hawkins Pod, where you can see the visuals we discuss on the podcast
1: each week. You can also visit sadiehawkinspod.com for easy access to all these links, as well as our merch store for shirts, mugs, and stickers. And on Facebook, search for Sadie Hawkins Group to discuss our show and Reliant K. It's admin by Danny, so honestly, you can probably post almost anything there.
0: We also want to thank our patrons at patreon.com slash sadiehawkinspod, who include Samantha, Matthew, Bjorn, Emily, Isaac, Kindle, Joshua, Daniel, Jay, Joel, Connor, Michael, Samantha, Jimmy Eat Pod, This Might Be a Podcast, Tucker, and Brady.
1: Join our Patreon now for two monthly bonus episodes. Unlock dozens of existing bonus apps, including Chaos for Karaoke songs, every chapter of the complex infrastructure known as the Female Mind Book, stickers, guitar picks, and a special Patreon exclusive shirt when you have donated a lifetime contribution of $60.
0: Whether you join the Patreon or not, we appreciate that you have a lot of choices for podcasts out there in the world. So it's nice that you chose us. Thanks. So when it comes to the gold version and the non-gold version, as a reminder, maybe some people are only listening to this episode and judging us based off of this episode. So if you didn't know, uh, for Anatomy of the Tongue and Cheek and... Judge
1: lest ye be (laughs) judged.
0: On Anatomy of the Tongue and Cheek and two lefts, don't make a right, but three do... Both of those albums were remixed in 2005 and redistributed with those new mixes. And for the most part, those mixes were completely unnecessary. Uh, I mean, just listen to any random Anatomy or Two Lefts episode that we've done, and we'll kind of discuss where it does or doesn't make a big difference that there's a gold version. Changed up mix and the gold mix, the 2005 mix of those two albums, are what exists on streaming today. So to this day, most people have heard the second mix. To me, the original 2002, 2001, 2001 mix of this album is perfect. Like yeah, the gold mix, even though it is sort of the canonical mix that everyone has heard to to this day the original 2001 mix on the original cd is way superior to what you hear on streaming now it's n- not the worst case when you ab them like it's n- it's not even immediately noticeable what the differences are so as far as like some other songs I'm t- i can't remember any other songs where it's like really detrimental like Undeniably, the original mix is better of some songs. In this case, it's like, if someone's hearing the gold mix, listening to that on streaming, whatever, it's fine. It's still servicing the song. Basically, all I could tell in my limited capacity of understanding music <laughs> is to say that the the mix that exists on streaming, the gold mix, is just, it's all kind of like washed over. It's a little muddier. One thing for sure is that... You know everything's just kind of leveled out to a point where the drums are a little less powerful. Like there's a very driving. The the drums are up enough in the mix that it kind of gives you that fun forward momentum, but like those drums are pretty lost in the muddier mix of the gold version. One thing that's really weird is the sort of breakdown, slow pretty part towards the end. That bridge section. I wrote it down because I don't I'm not going to remember which is which but hold on one second on the original mix the song kind of breaks down all of a sudden and and it's the slow pretty part in the middle that like twinkly guitar is mostly panned to the left on the original mix and then you hear a second twiddly guitar come in on the right side for just a couple of notes before he starts singing again. That's completely flipped on the gold version for some reason. Like, I don't understand why they were like, oh, we got it all wrong. We shouldn't have panned it to the left. We should have panned it to the right. Okay. Like, I, some of the changes in the gold mix are so strange and, like, unnecessary that I just don't understand why. Except maybe the fact that they have, like, the. this is what I think sometimes. When I find differences like that, like... Sometimes something's panned to the left when it was panned to the right, because that's not the first time I saw that. There's other songs where the stereo things are flipped for some reason. The only reason I can think that is like maybe they were like, we're not very forward and open about the fact that the gold mixes even exist. Like the artwork for most of the represses of the CDs don't even necessarily say this is a 2005 re- rebrand of the cd and this right. will have a different mix on it like you actually have to look at the copyright to even tell that it's a different version than the first cd like they wanted these mixes to really replace the original mixes so much so that with a few exceptions like some of the reprinted cd's with the second mix have the slip covers but not all of them So maybe because they were so kind of like coy about the fact that they remixed the albums, like they didn't like make it obvious and didn't even like, you won't even necessarily know that it's the gold mixes on streaming today. Maybe they did some of these different panning effects just so that they could tell easily which (laughs) of these is which. So when they're like pressing CDs or something, it's like we didn't accidentally or pressing a vinyl like, oh, we didn't accidentally get the old masters because on City Hawkins Dance, the twinkly guitars in the middle of the song are supposed to be on the right. That's the only reason I can think that they changed that. But yeah, I would say, I mean, I we it gets so confusing online if you want to hear the original mixes of these CDs. Like, the only place you can really go is YouTube or buy your own CDs. Because... Even when you go on YouTube, you don't necessarily know if you're hearing a gold mix or an original mix, because half the times the fans uploading them to YouTube don't know what they have. So it's difficult to figure that out. Maybe we need to make like a canonical, like a. a, a I'm using the word canonical too much tonight. Maybe we need to make a very clear, I'm sure people have put this on YouTube, but we need to make a very clear upload of here's this album in gold, here's the same album not in gold, so you very clearly know which one. The only way you know for sure half the time is what year the upload is. Like if you go to a YouTube upload by a fan of a song and it exists before 2005, well then you know you're hearing the original mix of
1: that song. Did YouTube even exist before 2005? Good point. I mean, I only became aware of it in 2005. I so think I'm it like, might have uh, I long it long started in 2005. So I guess that doesn't work. <laughs> right.
0: Because we're getting ahead a little bit. But when it comes to live versions of this song on YouTube, you start to see it. Here it is. So around. So, well, YouTube definitely existed before 2008. But you see the culture of filming a concert and uploading songs in full from that concert to YouTube begin in 2008 with Reliant K. I'm sure there's outliers and people who uploaded songs earlier, but I typed in Sadie Hawkins' dance, Relying K, and I sorted it by date, and I went all the way to the bottom of the list. And there are dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of the very first uploads to YouTube ever tagged as Relying K. Sadie Hawkins Dance are the performances at the 2008 Warp Tour. Because mm-hmm. 2008 just must have been the year that everyone at Warp Tour had a pretty good video phone mm-hmm. and were filming them and then taking them home and uploading them to YouTube because you probably couldn't even easily upload f- directly from your phone to YouTube back then.
1: Oh yeah, no, for sure. Like, that's probably when... I don't remember if that's when iPhones finally got video capabilities or what, but yeah, maybe folks on uh, flip cams or something going home and uploading them.
0: Then we can talk, now that we've talked about the difference between the the negligible differences between the gold mix and the original mix, we got to talk about this. We got to talk about, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I got to ask you after this Lady Gaga Dom Perignon commercial. I gotta ask, baby, do you like this version better? Well, that's a booking.com jingle. What do you think of this? This is the 10th anniversary, the 10 year reunion version of Sadie Hawkins' dance from the Goatee Records 20th anniversary comp. I guess we'll have, I guess now for Patreon. In January, we'll have to do the 20th anniversary Goatee Records comp. What do you think of this? It feels very unnecessary, but we know... Jessica, do you remember this? We were given special information about this version of the song. Do you remember what that is? Oh
1: my gosh, I, I only vaguely <laughs> recall that we were given the information. I don't remember specifically what it, it was. It was on
0: this podcast. I know. Th- like two or three years ago. John Schneck, when we had him on the podcast to talk about Be Your Man, we talked about all kinds of stuff. And he mentioned how he was like, isn't our redo of Sadie Hawkins' dance on K for karaoke? And we were like, no. And he's like, oh, okay. I get confused because they recorded this song, this redo, their own cover of Sadie Hawkins' dance in the K for Karaoke sessions. Right. So John Schneck told us that the idea was Reliant K covering mm-hmm. Reliant K. So I guess at some point the idea was this version of Sadie Hawkins' dance would be on K for Karaoke. But then it ended up on this Goatee Records
1: that been anniversary comp. That would have been, you know, clever.
0: Right. It feels totally unnecessary. It doesn't...
1: The vocals. I'm sorry. just
0: <sighs> His vocals have, have evolved. His vocals had evolved so much over time, especially after, K for, uh, after Collapsible Lung and all the different vocal takes that he does on Collapsible Lung. And then this is right before that. And then, you know, like the vocals, and I think that mature version of Thiessen's vocals are to, it, to the service of Reliant K with air for free. Like the way that t yes. sings now, those songs on air
1: for free are kind of written I think it's a happy medium between that collapsible lung sound right. and earlier Reliant K. I yeah. think that he sort of toned down that very airy, affected vocal styling, which is just on front street here.
0: <laughs> right. My number one problem with this version of the song... I love the bass. I love that heavy I like the bass. heavier bass. And that's John Warren, because that still would have been right. John Warren at the
1: time. I'm not a huge fan of the mix in general, though. I do like the yeah. the, the more prominent bass. Can though. we
0: get a non-gold version of the 10th <laughs> anniversary version of oh, Sadie no. Hawkins Dance? And, and that's another thing. Is like the, the drums and the bass. I'm going back to the gold and non-gold version. But the drums and the bass in the original mix sound way better and then they just get buried in the gold mix. Here at least they're like bringing that bass up. That's fun. Um, The main problem with this version that I have is that there is an organ note that sustains through the whole song. I don't know how easy it's going to be able to hear. We're going to be able to hear that in the room right now. There you no, go, you can hear it right here.
1: You can hear it Sorry, when he I goes it. I'm oh, talking oh. about the vocals. Okay. You can hear it
0: when he pauses it, when the band pauses for him to go oh oh oh. Ready, listen. You heard that?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that ringing. It's
0: a ringing organ sustain that goes through the whole song. And it's so unsettling. It's like there's. It's like someone. It's it's a like a David Lynch movie. It's like something that's just slightly askew, something slightly wrong. I think that's the biggest mistake with the with this version of the song. Honestly, like I I think you have to literally remove that. It unsettles me the whole time. I get the idea that maybe it was just kind of a nice little thing to carry the song. I don't think it works. I think it's and I don't and I don't come out criticizing. Relying K this heavily, especially not for production and music music choices, because I don't have that vocabulary or that tool set to really criticize the things. But in this case, I can listen to this version of the song and I can pinpoint exactly what's making me uneasy, and it's that haunting, not in a good way, like terrifying organ <laughs> note through the whole thing. That's but it's so funny. They do what I do like is two things. And they're both kind of similar uh, both around the same time is the way they change up the sort of breakdown
1: it goes it's before
0: this yeah we were right here before but it's for right before this That's fun. I like that. I like that the, it's just a little change up instead of mm-hmm. like cutting those notes. It's just a little fun, different thing on what you expect. And right. then the twinkly, pretty part that we just heard right before he starts singing again, they do that in a nice, modern sounding way. I like that. I like the bass is up heavier. But then my favorite part, despite the fact that we're not crazy about his vocals on this version, it's this. I tried to time that perfectly. It didn't work. (laughs) My favorite part is this. I really like how falsetto he says the girl's line in the song. She said you're smooth. Because he doesn't, he's never sounded that falsetto. Jessica doesn't like it. You don't like it. I don't care
1: for it. You don't care for
0: (laughs) it. I really like it because this it, isn't Weedus. I'm not. I'm not here for it. <laughs> well, it is like it is just like Weedus. Yeah, this is a more wholesome version of Teenage Dirtbag, <laughs> but I don't think that this song is really probably. I don't feel like this song's inspired by Teenage Dirtbag. I feel like it could probably just hold a similar spot, a similar narrative place. But he sings so high that he, for that moment, the first time I heard this song. I actually got chills because I thought they got a female guest vocal to just do the vocal, the lines in the song sung by a girl. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I thought that would have been so cute (laughs) if they did that. Like get so a female singer to just do the girl's line. But no, it's actually Teason singing like a girl in them, singing like you know a female. Not she has a
1: girlfriend now. They don't (laughs) get a female vocalist to come in.
0: But they should have. That would have been great. But hearing Teeson sing so high and feminine is really funny and cool in that moment. It's just very different. And then I've talked about like, you know, you don't get a, you know, like the other times where Teeson sent his song in a falsetto or like PTL and stuff like that. And a few of the Christmas songs and definitely a few of the live Christmas songs that have never been recorded. But like it just it's so playful in this version. I really do enjoy that. Do I like the whole song? No. It makes me uneasy. It makes me think some, <laughs> something's out to get me. What's that around the corner? Something's wrong. What's that humming sound?
1: There's a face in the tree. There's a face in the tree. Something, happened to, the tree. Something
0: happened to me. <laughs> There's an organ on the track. Something happened to me. So that's all those versions. So, Jessica, we're a little out of sorts because oh, that's yes. how we came back from the break. <laughs> but what do you think of this? I'm oh, just kidding. We're not done. Um, yeah, now it's time for... And now it's time... For Research with Jessica, the part of the show (laughs) where Jessica comes out and gives her research.
1: So we have song facts, all rights reserved this week and it says Reliant K lead singer Matt Teeson explained in our interview that he's a very playful guy with a strong <laughs> sense of humor and that one, one way or another he's this gonna creeps find <laughs> into many of his songs. Sadie Hawkins dance is a stellar example of this turning a somewhat cliche situation finding a date to a dance in high school on its head peppering it with jokes and absurd situations. Oh, Traditionally what? a Sadie Hawkins
0: Like dance spying on the girls in in the, in the bathroom.
1: <laughs> it's one where the girl is encouraged to ask the boy to the dance. This is reflected in the line Girls ask the guys, it's always a surprise. And then they give a little, you know, thing about the history of Zadie Hawkins, which we've already gone over. Uh,. The song is about a nameless high school narrator's humorous experiences while trying to find a date to the upcoming Sadie Hawkins dance. The lyrics suggest that it might be an autobiographical song as the narrator acknowledges a sense of humor as prominent as Tyson's own with lines like, told a funny joke, got the whole class laughing. I think I got a tan from the light which I was basking. This song mm-hmm. was released on the Anatomy of the Tongue in Cheek, the band's second album in 2001. It cemented the band's reputation for having cheery music and enjoyable lyrics filled with humor, pop culture references, and Christian undertones. The record went gold with over 500,000 copies sold. The song appeared on an episode of the TV show Smallville. This song was originally supposed to have a music video. However, as Matt Thiessen stated on the band's forums, they didn't have a large enough budget to shoot the video that they wanted, and he revealed that one plan for the video involved actor Gary Coleman.
0: Oh, Okay, interesting. Who I saw in real life? You did. I saw him asking if uh, something was an alpaca or a lamb or a llama. <laughs> I said it was at the Orlando County Fair or the Orange County Fair in Orlando, Florida, and he was one of the celebrity signing booths. And then I was at the petting zoo, and he just comes walking by, and he asks the attendant, "Is that a llama or an alpaca?"
1: Nice. So over on Reddit, on rest our, in peace, rest on, in power, indeed, on r slash pop punkers, uh, user Bronto Taurus, Reliant K released new version of Sadie Hawkins Dance. If this becomes a thing, I may never listen to new music again. <laughs> robioti
0: I wouldn't take it that far.
1: Eight years ago, and this was posted. Oh wait, years do they? Wait,
0: wait, 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 was that an insult or a compliment? Because I can see that going either way. If oh, this- wait,
1: wait, wait. Sorry. If this becomes a thing, I may never have to listen to new music. Oh, yeah, I assume as this a is a compliment. Oh, I assumed that this was a, 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 a slight against the song. I may never
0: have. Yeah, it can go either way because you're saying I never need to listen to new music again because I'll keep listening to these re releases of old songs. Or do you mean I'm never going to listen to new music because. All this new music is just my old favorite music and it's not as good.
1: So Robioti replied, I wouldn't say it's better than before. Definitely more modern. I love the song then and I still love it today. Even this new version. Suddenly underscore Seymour said, Love the added guitar at the end, but otherwise it really sounds like they're too old to get the feel of the song right, and or it's old. not as raw I don't as think the that's original. The problem. Or maybe they just didn't have the right it's mastering slash night. mixing slash recording engineer for this song. Who knows? Great song regardless. Flying Ninja Squirrel said, I'm pretty sure they intentionally made it sound older because what would be the point of remaking an old song if... It was going to sound the same. Uh, suddenly, Seymour agreed to that. I somewhat agree, but the song is about freaking high school dance—a freaking high school dance. They shouldn't be trying to make that oh, sound God. old. It just doesn't fit. It should be full of youth and energy and a little bit of awkwardness.
0: That doesn't—I don't. That doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> Flying ninja. That's Squirrel. not how music doesn't. I don't get that. The music's not temporal in that way. You're not. Like, you, you sing about memories. You sing about things from your past. I don't get that.
1: Uh, Flying Ninja Squirrel responded, that's the point of the original version. I think this remake has a different point to it entirely. It's about being older and feeling more nostalgic, re- reliving the past through memories.
0: Okay, hold on. <laughs> I didn't think to talk about this in the 10th anniversary version. Why do I think this? the 10th anniversary version... Well, it's the 20th anniversary of Goatee Records. It's the 10-year anniversary version of the song, which is, I think, a cheeky joke to say, like, you know, you have a 10-year high school reunion. It was
1: released right before Mm Mm-hmm 10. It was released, like, in the upcoming, like, it was released around the time that Teeson publicly stated, like, made it, like, a cheeky nod to the fact that they were going to do an Mm Mm-hmm 10 tour. So it's definitely not the 10-year anniversary of the song.
0: Yeah, it's a little weird. So it's, it's, the song came out in 2001. The remake comes out in 2014, from what you're saying. Yeah. So either way, it's not 10 years. Uh, they recorded it in 2011, so they recorded it 10 years later. They recorded it for chaos for karaoke, and they held on to it apparently. Oh, so true, it was recorded that. 10 years later, but it wasn't released for another two right.
1: or three,
0: or yeah, you know, two or three years. Either yeah, the math is odd, but I get what they I get the joke to call it the Sadie Hawkins Dance Ten Year Reunion, because a ten year reunion is a high school thing. And it's like, you know, nostalgia. Like the original song. It's not a sequel like the way The Thief and There Was No Thief are the same song, but one's a sequel to the other. Like this is just a remake of the song. Anyway, these folks right here are debating why does the song exist? I think the song just re-exists because they had some extra time in the case for karaoke sessions and they were just like let's redo one of our most obnoxious songs because we have heard (laughs) I reference it all the time even though I've forgotten where it was I think it's within the local wave podcast when hoops was on and he talks about how Sadie Hawkins dance like for any band with a big hit could get tedious to play every night Especially because, and Hoops says in that interview how it can get tedious to just go dun 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 every single night, because I guess they were like in that in that moment, Hoops is implying like to have written the song to go dun 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 dun. It gets tedious to do that, and they wish they hadn't necessarily written it exactly that way. Well, I didn't comment on it, but the end of this version of the song, instead of doing the dun dun dun, it's a driving forward punk punker ending, you know, like up and down quicker guitar instead of the dun 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 thing, which I like that. That makes sense. Like, I'd actually like to hear a full version of Sadie Hawkins dance without any dun 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 dun, even though that feels so iconic. This is the reason why I think they redid it because they were just tired of playing it the old
1: way. I think that it would have been a lot of fun and really adorable if this was on K is for karaoke. Yeah. I think that would have been fun. Um, thinking of it as just judged. a weird. Yeah. yeah. Thinking of it as just like an odd standalone track because it's like, okay, if they wanted to like modernize or kind of redo their song, like. In a karaoke setting, like in that in that like covers album setting, that's funny. You would
0: get the joke. You get the joke. Reliant K covers Reliant yeah. K. Yeah.
1: So it's like even the vocals being so vastly different from the original. It's like okay, I see what they're doing. Yeah. And it's more. It's more funny that way it's more cheeky but now it's like just having it as it's like weird on its own release thing
0: you lose the punchline you
1: lose the punchline like hidden
0: tracks you lose the punchline outside of the context of the original
1: uh super saiyan noob said one of my favorite pop punk songs ever and boxo morons said i actually really enjoy this version i would like to hear some more of this album and mm -hmm, released like this
0: so oh, so some people might have been expecting them to re-record mm mm-hmm mhm songs from mhm 10 because No oh, they're just saying they
1: would like to hear more songs re-recorded in their modern
0: Well, if they, especially if, if they were re- if they re- released the 10th anniversary interver- the 10-year reunion version of Sadie Hawkins Dance around the time of mhm 10 that's so muddled and confusing. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's Mm-hmm 10, and we're releasing a special edition called Mm-hmm 10. It's right. just the same album with the vinyl track list and all the B-sides at the end.
1: Because I found, not only did I find the tweet from Teason from around that time, I then found an article written sh- like shortly after that was like that just was a release notice to say that they're going on tour with Mm-hmm 10, and they have this new remake of their old song that was released. Which is this version of Sadie Hawkins? Dance. Yeah,
0: it seems like the it's. I mean, some of these pieces I had never realized, but it seems like because we also missed mm-hmm Ten in its time. Like you right. and me weren't paying attention to music at the time, so it seems like uh, some of the marketing around it might have gotten a little muddied. Like some of the ideas, and in this case, it seems to me like the that last commenter you read was hoping or thinking they were going to re-record Mm-hmm songs because they had re-recorded Sadie Hawkins' dance. Or people were probably expecting the remake of Sadie Hawkins' dance to show up on the Mm Mm-hmm 10 special edition for whatever reason because it got a little muddied.
1: Uh, Then over on Spot Alike, songs similar to Sadie Hawkins' dance by Reliant K. Say You Like Me by We the Kings. Okay. Not familiar. Uh, Everything I Ask For by The Main. Okay. All my fault, Phoenix, Texas. This is your life. Sorry, Phoenix, TX. No, yeah,
0: that makes sense to read it that
1: way. (laughs) Apologies. (laughs) I'm just just saying. (laughs) I know they
0: pronounce it Phoenix, TX. Uh, Like RX bandits or pharmaceutical bandits. Like it's this, you know, whatever. Like bands should should only come up with band names that are easy to know how to pronounce
1: them. (laughs) Uh, This is your life by Switchfoot. The art of losing by American Hi-Fi. In this diary, The Ataris. Kids in Love Mayday Parade.
0: Teenage Dirtbag by Our, ta-
1: Our time now, plain white tees. There's a class for this. Cute is what we aim for. She's a lady, forever the I've lost track sick- of what are the band names and what kids. are the song, <laughs> fans, the song names. It just keeps going and going and going. So yeah. Hold my hand by Newfound Glory. This is for Real Motion City soundtrack. Do you feel the Rocket Summer? Responsibility MXPX. <laughs>
0: Another dun dun dun, dun sort of song. Yeah.
1: Uh, let's see. The Breakup Song American Hi-Fi. Mood Rings Reliant K. California Hawk Nelson. Oh, it also sounds like Sadie Hawkins Dance <laughs> by Reliant K. Bring uh, Bring 'em Out by Hawk Nelson. Body bag by Hit the Lights.
0: What bring 'em out by Hawk Nelson? Did Hawk Nelson have a song about whipping out your boobs? <laughs> oh, sounds sounds uh, like a, sounds like a Black Eyed Peas song. <laughs> bring 'em <them> out. <laughs> bring out your lady lumps.
1: Oh goodness gracious! Already. Uh, then per usual, we have song meanings, and we only we have eighty comments, so I will not be going through all of them.
0: Maybe we'll make uh, <laughs> yeah. Patreon next month. Oh, uh, why Sadie Hawkins Dance Month? Oh.
1: <laughs> you're gonna force me to read all of them uh general comment from 2002 this song is clearly about jesus asking matt Thiessen to the dance okay. just kidding uh proto on january 12th 2002 said cool song one of my favorites of reliant k telling about the old days where girls asked the guys for the dance
0: what okay <laughs> I want I, I good old pedantic me I just want to be like well it's not the old days it's oh, blah boy, blah blah but whatever it's a tradition it's just it's not even it turns out it's not even like a tradition tradition it's a pop culture thing it's based off a comic book
1: uh mary twelve four twenty five on may 26, two thousand two said uh don't essay girls don't ask Guys to dances. Maybe don't say girls don't ask guys to dances. Now we don't have Sadie Hawkins dances, but we have GPA dances. Girls pay all. Close enough. Stop crying, boys. What? Uh, I don't know. It just sounds like
0: maybe in their town they have a different thing.
1: Uh, Pink Bombshell on May 31st, 2002 said, Wow, these guys are super shibby live. (laughs) I'm not sure what that means. And I'm going to be... (laughs) And I'm going to be starring in the quote-unquote video for this over the summer for a film project. Smiley face. <laughs> Fun stuff. All right. Well, Reliant K rules because my best friend worships them. Oh, I don't know if they'd be on board with that. since The should.
0: video. I'm going to be in the video. My cousin's directing the it. The video. We're shooting it in his backyard. <laughs> which is funny because this song doesn't have an actual official music video. It's one of those situations where like different information aggregators will like just pick whatever is the most popular fan music video and sometimes like a a, lo- a couple of a handful of fmv's end up getting kind of pushed on articles and Google results and stuff as like the video to watch, but it's just some random teenager's right. video project. Yeah
1: american Skater on June 11, 2002 said, Yeah, they have a crazy tour this summer. They got to Creation Fest East Coast, then Kings Dominion via my hometown. I'm going to see them there. Then Cornerstone, Bushnell, Illinois. I'll see them there too. These guys are great live. My school still has a Sadie Hawkins dance, so I don't know what's wrong with your schools. Also, I asked T-Sun, spelled T-S-U-N, if this really happened, and he said he didn't even have a Sadie Hawkins dance at his school. Oh. These guys are great. Go see them live. Talk to them after the show, too.
0: Getting some inside info from song meetings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh-oh.
1: Just a Kid on August 30th, yeah. 2002 said, I love this song, Smiley Face. Sigh. Reliant K is tight. she <laughs>
0: Oh, right, of course. And that's another way that this song would have built up a grassroots following for Reliant K fans and people learning about Reliant K is the internet at the time. Like, for some reason, that kind of escaped me, the relevance of that. But, yeah, just file trading and, like, my, not probably not MySpace in 2002, but just, like, people sharing, like, uh, look, looking into pop punk communities online and be like, oh, check out this song, check out that song. I'm sure Sadie Hawkins' dance got pushed in a lot of groups there's
1: some some interesting comments on here that Uh-oh. we definitely can't go into oh no
0: what's the, um, what's, the what's the why not you just, gotta you know don't leave that a mystery just
1: slang just you know internet slang and oh, whatnot
0: but are they problematic are they were are they bad or is it just funny because you laugh
1: um some of them are funny some of them one of them is maybe not okay uh that's all i'm gonna say about that let's see CH-2241 on October 22nd, 2004 said, I love this song as well as all the other Reliant K songs. Who wouldn't? They're hilarious and all songs have a good Christian meaning.
0: (laughs) All songs have a good Christian meaning, especially Sadie Hawkins' dance and especially I Am Lion-O.
1: Shiloh on December 26th, 2004 said, oh my gosh, that's when we're recording this. <laughs> uh, being an atheist, I was a bit confused when a friend of mine recommended this band to me. They're great. I was expecting some overly religious bullshit, but instead I found a pretty good band. <laughs> Looks like even Christian rock isn't too out there for my eclectic taste in music. Good for you, Shiloh. That's a
0: comment after my own heart. <laughs> that's beautiful. That's beautiful. I'm gonna have that tattooed on my back. <laughs>
1: Uh, Sitting on Fences, January 13, 2005 says, said, this is perhaps the worst song I've ever heard. The lyrics, (laughs) the lyrics are repetitive and meaningless. (laughs) It's as if they had nothing to say. So just said, oh, 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 like complete idiots. I'm embarrassed for ever hearing this song, and especially for anyone who remotely likes it.
0: (laughs) Why does every song on Forget and Not Slow Down have to be about a girl?
1: It's absolutely terrible. How this many people like it, I do not know. Do me a favor, read the lyrics and tell me that a 10-year-old cannot write more meaningful words worst song ever. I remember when I heard it, <laughs> me and my friends were talking, how did this get Isn't produced? The Do they know they sound like complete morons?
0: Wow. Okay, wow. no. I, I take that back the good Shot for you. Fired. I'm just like, you know, a, condes- a, a a dissenting voice. It's a welcome thing here at Sadie Aukenspot. spot, but wow, that was rough. I don't know. Um, I don't think a 10-year-old could write think I got a tan from the light that I was basking. Definitely not.
1: Maybe a child prodigy, like a Barbara Newhalt follett <laughs> Newhall follett <laughs> What? I was just naming a child prodigy writer. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm I'm like I'm like, yeah, no, I agree. A ten year old could not write this, except that one ten year old <laughs> from Massachusetts from like the thirties or something or the twenties who totally could probably. Oh, okay. One of her books is actually on the shelf over there. Oh, okay.
0: I was like, I do not know this reference. That's why I was, like, shocked that you had it in the back pocket there.
1: She also, um, when she was, like, a little bit older, like, her teens, or 20s, just kind of walked off and disappeared into the woods one day, and no one knows what happened to her.
0: Oh, you did tell me about that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, like,
1: after, when she was older, like, no longer a child writing books, then... We have TikToks. For once, we have too many TikToks to do them all, though. (laughs) So I'm going to let you pick and choose which ones you want to do since you get to do the video portion of this podcast. Although maybe since you actually have the TikTok TikTok app, you should search for them on your phone.
0: Okay, hold on. I'm going to move them to my phone because I actually have the TikTok app so I can actually see everything. Lots of people just saying things to the camera. I'm looking for something, at least the thumbnail... Is gonna be sort of visually interesting. Let's see. Here's one that's a bunch of steaks. <laughs> I don't know what this one is. Oh, I gotta turn up the volume. This one's uploaded by Kronloya. C R O N. L-O-Y-A in 2021 and it's just three steaks or pork chops on a grill grilling before and a the cool dog and a, and a gif of a dog <laughs> putting on cool guy glasses. There's nothing else to it. Nothing else to it. All right. There's a lot of like girls dancing and like singing and saying things to the camera. There's a lot of women in this.
1: Um, well, sure. The girls are asking the guys.
0: That's true. So let's just pick one. Um here's a lady. So it's just her lip syncing it. This is Sarah Danley underscore nineteen in twenty twenty. This is hashtag throwback. And she's just lip syncing and dancing and holding and like grabbing her sweater when she says, Do you like my sweater? Nice. I want some like creative stuff. Like I want some like like not well that was creative. There was dance, but I'm looking for something weird, different. Like the stakes like the steaks this is someone this is uploaded by banana underscore broccoli and this is just like their app data for the day of uh (laughs) of what they did on their diet and their exercise great start to the day i think i should know the calories by later or something it disappeared now i gotta wait for it to restart maybe
1: they're getting ready for the sadie hawkins
0: I think I should know the winnings by Saturday morning. So there must have been some sort of like weight loss diet or exercise challenge they were doing. Yeah, okay. How about this one? It's just a compilation of pictures. I'm not getting anything. You pick, you always pick the interesting and fun ones. (laughs) This is just, this is Arrow Youth. This is just pictures from a youth group. This is just like our youth group doing their youth group doing a bunch of stuff. Okay, we took a little pause there so that I could find something worth playing, and I definitely found it. This is by Russ Denzer. And this is just it's just a slow-mo compilation (laughs) video, compiled edited video about how to make an iced mocha iced coffee at chick-fil-a and chick-fil-a amazing it starts by them like zooming up to russ who's like on his break sitting in the booth and they're like ready to make an ice mocha and he's like sure i am and then it just cuts to a bunch of slow-mo images of the ice and the syrups and the coffee being poured into the glass amazing. and then this like heroic shot at the end <laughs> of the coffee
1: fantastic
0: I just reposted it on our on our TikTok, <laughs> <laughs> on the official Sadie Hawkins Pod TikTok, which I neglect all the time. That's amazing. All right, well there we go. I finally found. Oh, this looks good. Cato beef fajitas from from <laughs> from the live. I don't know what that means. Flap meat seasoned with tequila lime. Tequila lime. Not tequila and lime, but something called tequila lime. Onions, peppers, avocado, and queso, and fresco. And it's just this delicious-looking fajita. Nice. Just imagine that's vegan meat, Jessica. Thanks. <laughs> emo prom. And then it's a lady with uh, dyed red hair and, and emo makeup. Like, nice. I'm at the emo prom. All right. All right, well, that's TikTok. And, uh... I guess we'll do, like, a part two.
1: Ooh, okay. We'll finish up Deep Dive, and we'll go ahead and do whatever you've got for us.
0: Yep. You mean next week (laughs) when we do part two? Yes. Right. So, uh,
1: everything okay? This notification just came up on my iPhone that said, create an alarm for 1030 never. And I'm like... I don't know what that means, what? and when I went to what? go, by the time I went to go to try to take a screen cap of the notification, it went away.
0: What the hell? <laughs> is your phone haunted? I don't
1: understand what, what that is, was? What does
0: that mean? Ten thirty, <laughs> never.
1: I don't know.
0: That's so weird. Because I saw Jessica get this look on her face. I saw a notification pop up, so I was afraid you got bad news. Well, in a way, you did. Your like, phone's haunted.
1: I don't know what that means or why it thinks I want to create an alarm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, do you have a, a previous alarm called Never or something? No. It's weird. 10.30 Never. I
1: have a 10.30 alarm already in my phone. That's so It's strange. not on, That's and so it's strange. not called Never. <laughs> I don't understand.
0: Well, anyway, we could easily bring this episode. <laughs> it, You know, our run times are kind of like 10 hours and... They never end. That yep. kind of ties together. Yep. I, I it feels weird that we're not doing a two and a half hour Sadie Hawkins dance episode, but I we know. we're going to Disneyland tomorrow. We, we got to get to sleep. <laughs> so all, next it's, week
1: it's already eleven. I know we got to get
0: to sleep. <laughs> so we'll do a Which bunch of extra stuff. Which is even more strange.
1: Why they want me to create an alarm for ten thirty? Never, since it's already past <laughs> ten thirty. So don't
0: forget to call four zero two nine five Sadie or send us in emails, messages, anything you want to say about Sadie Hawkins' dance. Did you have a Sadie Hawkins' dance growing up? Had you ever heard of it? Did you have to research what's a Sadie Hawkins' dance? Share your Sadie
1: Hawkins' memories. Yeah,
0: did you think Relying K just made it up? We'd like to hear from people, and we'll play them all next week on Sadie Hawkins' dance Part two. It also is kind of nice that this is how we both will end the year and begin the year. Yeah, with Sadie fun. Hawkins dance, so that will work out perfectly.
1: There's nothing better. Oh oh oh
0: <laughs> oh oh oh. Sadie Hawkins pod with my rock and bod. There's nothing better. <laughs> oh oh oh. Anyway, so Jessica, yes. Uh, well, how do you feel about this song? Oh, do you I like love this song. How could it? I
1: love this song even more? Exactly. Like you know, I don't know.
0: well maybe we'll hold our actual full reaction i mean you you basically said
1: we'll hold my reaction until next week all right (laughs) until 2023 (laughs) yeah
0: you'll hear about it next year (laughs) it's gonna take us a whole year to come out with part two
1: happy new year stay safe and healthy out there.